0: At the bottom of the hour. Media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on
1: 104 to 107. So, Sunday morning, 8 to 10, which is like right now, your two hour masterclass in media. And brand communication starts now. My name is Ashraf Ghani. Welcome to the show. And uh, there are many ways you can just listen in. One is just simply listening passively, uh, although it can never be passive. If you listen to the show, I think it's active because your mind's active, right? But you can play a bigger role. One by engaging me by calling in to 0891104207. And as per always, always calling relevant to the subject at that moment. If the subject's gone, you we move on, right? And if you do call in, short, sharp calls, please 08 nine one one oh four two oh seven. You can SMS always welcome three four seven zero one while you're doing that what about your 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 pick for brand win of the weekend brand fail. Just think about it. could be uh well wherever. You know big debate about uh, Donald Trump, brand win, brand fail. You can talk about that as well. Absolutely welcome to that. But also you can tweet me and if you're tweeting it to two Twitter handles, Ashraf Garda is one, that's my personal one, and the other is SFM radio. Do use however, do use hashtag media show. So we pick up a trend of discussion all throughout the morning it's easier for you to find who's saying what about the show even well after the show. Love it if you in fact tweet the guest directly, like verbatim. I'll certainly retweet that um ASAP. So much indeed to talk about in the next two hours, including Brian Muffer Kang, by the way, the soccer commentator, will have our eye on him. You know, where did he all start with 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 commentating? I'm really wonderful. I don't actually know. We'll find out later on. Jean Leroux, however, is first up. He's an independent researcher and analyst, and we are going to talk about something really important, which is call it paid Twitter or hashtag paid Twitter, when is it okay and when is it not okay? When is it acceptable to get paid to tweet? When is it unacceptable to get paid to tweet? Sean, good chatting to you and thanks for uh, thanks for coming to the studio. Uh, good morning, Ashraf, and thank you for having me on the show. Good night. Now, now, the, now the context to this, just which is absolutely likely, is, is is the political discussions of the last couple of weeks where you know, and there are allegations that the people have been paid to to tweet a a
0: certain agenda and you've done some
1: investigations. Just
0: tell us about that very briefly uh just briefly. Uh, I started in November last year, I picked up uh, on a lot of tweets that were um to say the least suspicious uh, the individuals involved there didn't have a lot of followers, but they ended up getting a lot of retweets and uh, I did a bit of research, did a bit of digging, and I mm. found out that a lot of these individuals were part of a a sock puppet net. Uh, Now, basically, that's an individual account in the control of a number of other accounts. And then as they would retreat one discussion, it would get reached 30, 40, 50 times even in cases. And uh, what this basically ended up doing is creating this... This uh, narrative or creating this impression that there's a support for a certain narrative, mm-hmm. and it was quite interesting after digging through it, seeing what they are being reached. It's very clear that they were pushing a certain agenda. At the end of the day, it um, it was something that after I released some of the investigation details on on Twitter, it was quite evident. That it's something people were suspecting, but not a lot of them were actually sure it, how to prove it, how to, it was being done, what the purpose of that was.
1: Okay, so so in fact, and, and really, whichever side of political or, or or political thoughts that, that you're on uh, it's very clear, in, if, if I understand what you're saying that there's an orchestrated attempt to push an agenda whether in fact if people are getting paid to do so or whether just rounding up all their allies to do so e- either way, am I right? Yeah, definitely. No, definitely no,
0: yeah. The agenda itself is there Whether the message being sent out can be both sides of the political spectrum it can be used for advertising it can be used for any means actually and uh, the fact of the matter is that it is being done. There are these individuals pushing these agendas. Whether they're being paid or not might be a, a topic for discussion, but um, it is definitely happening.
1: And, and your thoughts about the why I mean,
0: they're using these platforms because it can be done very easily? Yeah, very, very easily. The, I mean, anybody can sign up for an email address. Once you've got that, you can create a YouTube account, you can create a Twitter account, you can create a Facebook account. And using that, you can use... Um, those platforms to reach a lot more people than you normally would. I um, mean, for for interests like if you look at reaching 100,000 people, that's more people than if you had to meet three new pe- people every day for I mean for the next I think about 30 or 40 years yeah, you yeah, would not right. reach that number. But in terms of just getting retweets and reaching a number of users, social media makes it very easy. On the one hand, it gives you a lot of people a voice that do not necessarily have a voice. But at the same time, it's a, it's a double edged story. You get these individuals who might be pushing a false agenda, a false narrative, which uh, is very very dangerous. Mm. All right, so, but, but the broad subject in our discussion is is
1: paid Twitter. When, when is it okay? When, when is it not okay? Uh, wh- what are your thoughts about this?
0: For me, the main thing, I mean, there's a very fine line between paid Twitter and I mean, just normal advertising. Um, I think the big distinction for me would be come down to knowing the identity of the persons who are pushing that specific message. In the case of advertising, for example, you do have, you know, you know the brand, you know the individuals behind the brand. It might be a, an athlete that's I mean, endorsing a product. There's there's a form of paid Twitter in there in that that individual gets paid to make the endorsement. Um, it, it becomes I mean, murky where there's individuals who are being paid to push an agenda without you knowing who they are. And, and I suppose the, the agenda is something that is more
1: clandestine, right? So, so the, the point I'm making, I, I know when the idea of pay Twitter first came to the fore a few years ago, uh, there, were, there were allegations against Gareth Clifford, and, and I had him on the show here, and he made the point about what's the difference between paid to promote a brand and emceeing a brand, something that he would do and I would do quite often. It's like, actually, he's right, right? Um, so, I think in, 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 the, in that context, it will be fine, but... It appears that when it comes to social issues, which is not actually brand, if you're then getting paid to to push an agenda, let's take Donald Trump's issue. If you now, and this is, of course, Muslim ban that's taking place overnight in the mass approaches, if we get a thousand people now to say Donald Trump is right, and they're all either getting paid or they're part of an organization that's just orchestrated, are, are you saying that that's problematic or is that just simply they're right? No,
0: that's definitely problematic. The moment that you don't know who's sending... A specific message, it becomes difficult for you to put that in context. Um, if somebody speaks or somebody delivers a message, you know where they're coming from. Um, if you know which organisation they belong to, it becomes easier for you to d- understand the kind of message they are trying to get across. Mm. And in instances like these, where this clandestine, you don't know who these individuals are. You know it's being done, but you're not necessarily sure why it's being done and what what the the end goal is. For that. That's where it becomes becomes but
1: Because again, to just just staying with that one, if if one MC an event, and and I simply said, looking forward to tonight's MC, I may not be paid directly for for that particular tweet, but but it does link
0: to a relationship that I have with them on that day, isn't it? Yes, it does. Um, but in this particular instance, people would know it's you sending that tweet. Absolutely, piece. it's not a. Um, I mean, what we saw a lot of these sock puppet accounts. It's individuals who are. I mean, they came across the entire race and gender spectrum, but. It, I mean, you could see they were fake accounts. You're not sure who. They, it's not a real person sitting behind that. When Ashraf says, listen, I'm going to MC a, um, a meeting tonight, then you know, people would know this is Ashraf going there. He's mm-hmm. doing the meeting. Mm-hmm. They can actually, um, I don't want you to use the words holding your account, but they can actually attribute whatever you say to specifically you. So so the key then is,
1: is authenticity. That means exactly. the, the verifying that the people who say they're doing what they're doing can be, Call to account if you disagree with them to say, Actually, I know that person. The, the, the bigger problem would be false
0: people who, as you said, they're actually fictitious. Exactly, yes. It's difficult to understand where they're coming from. Uh, I mean, my first reaction would be, would be, Why are you trying to hide your identity? Why are you, um, I mean, tweeting as a black person? Why are you tweeting as a white person? Why are you trying to hide who you are while you are sending out this message? Okay. There has to be something that you're trying to hide. And
1: just going back to, in terms of the research that you have done, in terms of page, Twitter.
0: What else did you did you uncover? Um, one of the interesting things that I found with this is there's there seems to be these clusters. So they would have a single controlling account that would have 30 or 40 linked accounts to it. And what they would then do is they would actually find specific messages, even if it would be... Uh, I mean, in the one instance there was a user that had about three followers, but he ended up getting about I think 50 retweets and wow. 50 <laughs> 70 likes. So it's, it's very disproportionate. It's not like they are they're um, you know, actively following individuals and then retweeting They're actually going out there and looking and finding these tweets to do and find. So it's, um, it was quite interesting to see that. And the fact that they, are, you know, they did tend to stick to timelines as well. So you'd see over weekends the, the activity would drop down. Over the first period it dropped drop down. So it's quite interesting to see that they do maintain their normal Normal schedules as well. Mm. All right, so uh, by the way, welcome your thoughts. Uh, I see one or two people tried to call, but we've lost you. Do
1: call back right away 0891 104207. Paid Twitter. When, when is it okay? When is it not? When is it okay to tweet and get paid to tweet? When is it not okay to tweet and, uh, and, and then not get paid and still tweet anyway? And what about those who don't necessarily get paid? but they certainly are part of an orchestrated attempt to push an agenda. All those people are people who are known. Then you get, and this is the the other part, that uh, fictitious names, fictitious accounts are created um, simply to to show up a big following and guarantee a whole lot of retweets, which really in simple terms means more people actually reading that message is that all okay, um, to push a certain agenda, which whether you think it's a good agenda or not is really not up for discussion. Is it okay to do so if by and large those people cannot be verified whatsoever? Welcome your thoughts, by the way. 0891104207. Otherwise, tweet using hashtag, um, afternoon talk. I see babes we petition, certainly tweeting or retweeting. So that's, uh, acknowledged. Uh, but, but keep on going. The hashtag afternoon, uh, uh, sorry, a media show, right? W- what then, um, Jean Drew, of course, is my guest. He's an independent researcher and analyst who's done, uh, great studies on that. So, so what's the difference between that then and the paid brand tweeting? And I'm talking about people like Web Flu- I don't and if you followed them, where, where they would ex- they they have a listing of people that uh, that can be contacted if you actually legally wants to get them to market your brand.
0: Uh, again, in in cases like those, there is a in an entity involved. There's somebody that you can hold account. There's somebody that you can actually. I mean, there's a personality behind the the, the actual tweets. Um, in the cases of these anonymous or fictitious uh, uh, Twitter accounts that are making the tweets, it's, it's very difficult for you to actually understand who's sending out the message. Um, with platforms like WebFluential, you've got a uh, you know, presenter, a celebrity, somebody that's being approached to send out the message because they are who they are. And it's unfortunately not the case with these fake accounts. They are purely there to... It means shore up an agenda. They're there to, to create this perception that they support for a narrative. Mm. Which is but but, but
1: when they do, so, so just to confirm, WebFluential Web is one of them. It's very much the South African-based one, where they put a price to your tweets. And I can tell you now, you can check out mine. Mine is pegged at about 5,000 rand a tweet. That's what they valued my cost uh, of influence in terms of tweets. Others could be 50,000. That's another old debate completely, right? Um, um, but, but, but here's the point from a listener point of view. If that person tweets something, right, do they need to say that, because it's tweeting a brand, do they need to actually say that I'm being paid for that or not?
0: It's a, that's a difficult ethical consideration from a marketing and an advertising perspective. Um, I mean, you would expect people to disclose that they are being paid to endorse a product, um, especially in cases where they haven't used it as well. So if, if you get requested to tweet for a specific product where you as the marketer knows that you haven't used that. I would definitely suggest that it be disclosed at the end of the dates. Um, it, it helps the public as well to make informed decisions. So, do you have any a, idea people do disclose it? I, I don't think so. I've, really. I, personally, I haven't seen anybody do it. Because you wouldn't get,
1: for example, you see you see tweets and it says sponsor tweet, and you know that's an advert. Because this is what we're talking about is not an advert; exactly, it's, it's, it's the endorsement. And I haven't seen one person in the world, in fact, saying you know uh, had a great time or, 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 or buy the new Coca Cola. Brand, I just love this particular one, and and then there's a there's a disclaimer at the bottom saying this tweet has been paid, paid for, for or whatever. and
0: um, I, I think in the blogging space, there's quite a lot of um, disclosure there. A lot of people using these affiliate programs to um, to make money off e- e-commerce websites. They would normally disclose that they are being paid. They will be getting a commission or a contribution for you know selling a, a particular product. But um, in, insofar as tweets and social media uh, posts have been um, been doing the rounds. I Personally, I haven't seen anybody actually disclose. Okay, I wonder,
1: I wonder if we, in fact, we're going to chat to Chris uh, Cabuato, the new uh, executive director at SANAF, and whether this falls within their domain, I think at one sense they were suggesting they're going to broaden their scope not just from newspapers to other areas, and I certainly will talk to him at 8.30. But I mean, here's the point, for example, last night I went to the, and I'll say this up front, I went to the Great Moscow Circus at Monte Casino, and I tweeted afterwards to say, cancel whatever else you're doing today is the last day. Go and watch it, and I'm not getting paid to do that. I was invited, but I had a superb time. But I would not say that, only because I was invited. If it was rubbish, I would say, or I would either say nothing, or I would I would say it's rubbish. But the fact that I went up front to say, cancel your other work, go and watch this It is that good. Um, that's okay.
0: okay. Yeah, but in a case like that, you're being sincere. It's a, I mean, it's your sincere opinion. I'm getting the message out there. I really like this. I really. Endorse this product. I mean, from a personal point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start getting paid to do something similar, say for example, you were invited, you went there, but in addition to that, you were being, you know, asked and paid to to, to retweet that specific um, message out there. Um, I mean, in a case like that, I mean, it would have been an ethical view to say, listen, I have been paid, but I did enjoy it, or um, I'm being paid to say, listen. Go to the Moscow Circus,
1: you will enjoy it I haven't been there myself <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, but Well, yeah. do you have a chance to go a <laughs> well, few hours To go anyway, right Talking about uh, paid tweets, when is it okay, when is it not okay And what your thoughts are, Jean Leroux? with me He's an independent researcher an analyst. Uh, if you do tweet, his hashtag media show Now, now on the basis of, of your Research, right uh, That you first put out in October And I think you were saying off here It's centered around, around the Guptas, right Specifically, and then of course the last few days uh, around uh, around uh, the ANC, if if I can understand that right, not of saying it's then uh, tweets purporting to be supporters and then to get the the language right here, right? What has been the reaction, say from the from the organisers and the people and the names mentioned?
0: Um, I must say there was quite little reaction from from them. I expected quite a lot more fallout after disclosing the research. Um, when I did this, um, I did it from the viewpoint that I need to make sure that everything is being done objective. I've, if I do make a statement, considering the volatility at the, st- at the, mm-hmm. the situation at the mm-hmm. time, it has to be something I can back up uh, with hard verifiable facts. And um, I, I mean, that might be the, the reason as well why there wasn't a lot of, you know, backlash to to what I did disclose because there, there wasn't a lot to counter on the way that I did the investigation. Um, the more recent tweets was actually, strange enough, uh, it, it's actually centered a, a lot more around fake news. Um, I became aware of the, the latest uh, iteration of, the, um, of this whole saga when uh, some of the more popular news and um, media houses, they actually had cloned accounts. Of,
1: of l- last week, that was yes. yes, yes, I, think yes you'd have, that,
0: yeah. I mean, some of the, the popular radio stations had a, a fake account, and just looking at the account, it had the same logo, it had the same bio entry, it had the same um, heading picture. But once you look at the retweets and then you look at the messages being conveyed, you very quickly became aware that this is not. I mean, this is not the usual account that you you would follow and you'd look at. And um, that was quite interesting to see the way that it, that it basically changed from the previous um, iteration, where it was. Just fake accounts retweeting the message all the way through to one where there's actually now an active I mean, creation of false accounts spreading the false news now instead of just retweeting
1: it. Well, you see, you, 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 here's the point. In with regard to to the second incident of the last, uh, well, 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 the fake news one, in terms of fake science, I mean, I saw the Sunday Times one, I think it was, with, with about Fidel Haffergy, with two S's, and, and I think there was something about Seven or Two, I'm not too certain. Uh, there was something about Hog. there were a couple of people, mm-hmm. right? But, but but the bottom line to that is, we don't know who's done that,
0: right? No, unfortunately not. Um, the, the way that social media networks work is they try and protect the privacy of the, the mm-hmm. individuals behind the accounts. Um, it's one of the reasons why a lot of people feel safe to use social media is because they they've got relative and you know, anonymity outside their social networks. And um, unfortunately, what happens is with the ease that uh, social media, I mean, has to create an account to um, make up your profile and get the message out there, it becomes very easy for anyone to create two or three or four even multiple accounts to you know push a specific agenda. Um, another issue as well is I mean, just jurisdictionally, in terms of enforcing any forms of law, also becomes tricky because you've got a tweet that's being, you know, posted in South Africa. It's being kept on a server in the US, and at the same time, it's being read somewhere in, you know, Malta or, yeah, or wow. some far-off place. So it becomes jurisdictionally a, a headache to actually get the the IP addresses to get the information to identify the the person behind the keyboard. And if it's it's one well, of the well, major well, you see, there's
1: there's two parts. One, one is fake news, which is actually disinformation. It, it's it's news that's incorrect, right? Um, and perhaps I will still put that to Senaf in terms of what are they going to do to actually withstand? Seems to be this growing tendency. The other is, is not actually fake news, but but opinion, but whether it's done and engineered by genuine people or by by fake
0: people. I mean, do, do you see a difference there? Uh, not too much. But I mean, I think in terms of the fake news, the, the I mean, a lot of those sites started off as clickbait sites, so they would push up a very controversial headline, get people to click on it. Um, I mean, just earlier this week, there was a, um, a I think it was by the Affinity Post, they ran an article with a clickbait headline exactly the same as you'd find on a fake news site, and it was interesting to see the comments, um, you know, on Twitter after they shared that that specific article. It was clear that a lot of people didn't actually read. The, the article they looked at the headline, they said, oh, no, this is a fake news story." whereas if you actually read the article, it would say, "Listen, you clicked on this because it looked like a fake news story, and this is exactly how it works um, <laughs> with regards <laughs> to the opinion pieces where you get the um, individuals you know, you know pushing an agenda of whether they paid or not because um, it, be, it becomes tricky, you need to know who's sending out that message if it's a somebody that you know somebody that you know is linked to a specific organization, a specific individual." It becomes a lot easier for you to put that message into a context that you can understand and, I mean, work, work, work around. Mm.
1: And, and, and then, you know, j- just to wrap up the, uh, with a few minutes to go around, uh, not so much the fake news, but, but the news that we had about this orchestrated campaign from the, and its allegations mm. on behalf of the ANC against um, the DA and the EFF. Um, uh, you, you investigated
0: that as well, right? Um, no, not, not didn't do that specifically, no. Okay. Um, it, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to find that a lot of the political parties have got something, you know, some form of social media um, element in place. It would, I mean, it would be responsible of them not to make use of it. It's quite a powerful tool. It's something they can use and they should use. Um, I think in this specific case with the allegations of, regarding the ANC in the war room, it was, I mean, the timing of it was such that I mean, it just caught the attention of people. There, nothing's been proven yet, but I mean, with the Patriot saga coming from last year now spilling over to this year, the all of the the political in, scenario that it's taking place in, um, I mean, it's something that will draw attention. That people would be keeping an eye out for that, and that's actually what you need from from the public is just keeping an eye out, making sure that you're responsible when you share, when you retweet, mm-hmm. and um, being critical of the messages that you are receiving out. But I mean, here's the point. I'm looking at a topical thing about the Trump Muslim
1: ban uh, as of two days ago and the massive protest last night at, at JFK Airport in, in New York, right? The point is to, to get all those people there to protest at the airports against Trump's decision or executive order. You've had to tell people, you've had to, you've had to rally support. What's the difference between rallying support privately to say, come on, let's actually get to the airport? Versus rallying support on Twitter. So you, so a, a legitimate person, and this is the key difference, would would put out a tweet about another political party or their own, right? So either positive or negative, and say, come on, let's all support this particular issue. In, uh, in essence, is it not the same thing? It's an echo chamber that comes up and people rallying for support in a very different way. But no, it's, it's exactly, exactly the same, same thing.
0: It's exactly the same thing. You've uh, you've basically replaced the soapbox with a cell phone screen. I mean, instead of standing on a podium, asking people to come, handing out flies, you've got a a smartphone in your hand, you send a Mm -hmm. message, it gets retweeted, and it's exactly the same. So so there's actually nothing wrong with that? Mm -mm, Not at all. Uh, Again, it boils down to the authenticity or the legitimacy of the person making the the initial statement. When you know who's sending the message and you know why they're sending the message, it becomes very easy for you to put it into a context that you can understand and decide for yourself whether you agree with it or not. I mean, in the case of these fake accounts and fake news sites, you don't know who's behind it. You don't know why they're pushing that agenda. And it becomes very difficult for you to, I mean, in your own mind, make up whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah, we're going to wrap up. Just any final thoughts from your side? Um, I mean, just in closing, uh, I mean, we live in a world where social media is very prevalent. Everybody's got a Facebook account, a Twitter account. And it's very important for people when they do read news articles, when they do look at what's been retweeted and what's been sent out to be circumspect. I mean, look at what's being said, think where you agree with it, look at the author, make sure that whatever you are sharing, you are I mean, you're basically been perpetuating whatever's been said there. So make doubly sure that what you are saying mean, aligns with what you're thinking. As
1: but, well. but but just the other part, you, you, you get a fake news story that just looks too fake to be true, and, and, it, is, and it is fake. You see it, and you are amused at, at what, what a stupid story it is, and then you share that to your friends and say, "Look at
0: how stupid this is." Are, are you not still perpetuating the, the, the information? You might be in a sense, because I mean, everybody's got that friend who would believe anything who's extremely gullible. Yeah. But um, I mean, as long as you are aware of it, I mean, from your own side, you can say, "Listen, look at this. This is satire. Um, this is not something that, that you should be believing." But I mean, it's amusing in any way. Um, I think that would be the, the appropriate way to do it but you would always find somebody that would be believing but, it. But it's if the action.
1: message is a disinformation message then the, and the creators of the message, even though it's found out to be sort of fictitious, have actually done their jobs. No, you, but you you're you, basically you late, checking check it out. Anyway, yes. Fascinating. Fine thoughts. Any last words? Nothing, that should be all but yeah. um, thank okay. you for having me on the show. Alright, Jean Leroux thank you so much for your time, I know you, you're on Twitter as well, Jean underscore Leroux uh, do do feel free to even tweet, ironically in your own name <laughs> <laughs> uh, accurately and truthfully uh, further thoughts on this and other things you may not have mentioned as well alright?
0: Yeah, thank you very much,
1: I'll do so There we are, Jean Leroux is an independent researcher and analyst. It's an interesting one about when is it acceptable, when is it not acceptable to tweet. Um, we'll chat to the, the new executive director of the South African National Editors Forum in a moment. We'll also look at, ironically, the South African Freelancers Association releasing their first ever freelance media trends and income report. We'll have to check it out. The numbers are really important. They come up in a
0: few minutes' time. Uh, Let's, however, chat to uh, Chris Cabuato right after this.